Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. This is a beautiful Thursday afternoon, but the only place it is more beautiful this Thursday afternoon than uh, Hernando, Mississippi, and that would be in Augusta, Georgia. Derek, our intro music for this show is uh, definitely one that most people are going to know pretty instantly. It is the music for initial kickoff of the, the golf season. Mm-hmm. It's how in Louisiana we started to play golf again was when the Masters uh, was played. People would just float out to the country clubs, and that was kind of our thing that we did. I love the Masters. I'm excited about the weekend. Uh, looking forward to being able to watch uh, some stuff. As we sit here and record on a Thursday morning, Tiger Woods is playing in the Masters, which is very impressive. The fact that he totaled his car roughly 18 months ago should maybe not have a leg, yeah. and he's playing at the Masters, which very sentimental to me. My dad and I love the Masters. We would talk about it. We'd visit about Tiger Woods, all those different things. So um, he uh, taught me how to play golf, and I, I miss him a lot, and uh, this is definitely something that makes me think of him a lot. So the Masters is, is a big part of my weekend. Tiger Woods is currently one under yep. after six, yep. one under after six. And this is a 47-year-old man who, again, should not have a leg right now. Uh, that is uh, shooting one under at the Masters through the first six holes. So we're going to give you a we're going to do a Tiger update throughout the show. Uh, this is going to be our, our Masters theme show, our golf theme show. We're going to have a little update every now and then. If if Tiger Woods does something, we will let you know about it. Matt, another thing that you can do on a beautiful weekend coming up. It's going to be cool, uh, especially tomorrow. Uh, but then Saturday and Sunday are going to be absolutely gorgeous. And the only place better to be than Augusta right now is doing what? Looking for houses, Derek. And if you're in the market for a new home in DeSoto County, right here under the water tower, anywhere in the Mid-South, you definitely want to hire and work with the best when it comes to residential real estate. I, I continue to say it over and over again when we're talking about our presenting sponsor, there's no reason to hire someone that you just met. There's no reason to hire someone that you uh, know in Sunday school and they just got into real estate. You want to work with the best. You want to work with realtors that have been around for quite a long time. You definitely want to work with realtors that have been around and have thousands of closings since 2009. And of course, I'm speaking about Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, our 2022 presenting sponsor, the top producing team in the Million Dollar Club recently named here in DeSoto County. They were recently also voted DeSoto's best for 2021 for the fifth time. They are currently offering a free, no obligation market analysis. Give them your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, your street, your zip code, all the how long houses are staying on the market, how fast they're selling, how fast they're closing. Brian and Terry possess all the information that you're going to want from your realtors. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. Call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can do a full home search anywhere in the Mid-South at teamcouch.com. Again, that's teamcouch.com. Please, if you get out this weekend, go to looking for different houses. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home in DeSoto County, reach out, work with the best. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, 662-449-1700. One of those things, Derek, when you're looking for a home is you're definitely probably looking at, hey, safety for your family, safety for um, you know your future. And uh, since our last show, a uh, big thing that happened in Hernando, not long after we recorded our show on Monday, um, Derek, there was a, sadly, there was a tragic shooting here in Hernando. We don't know all the information about it. We know it was pretty close to our church, fairly close to our neighborhood. Uh, definitely sad someone would lose their life uh, right here in our town to this violence. Um, but I do want to take two seconds and praise the Hernando Police Department. Um, they moved very quickly. About 4.40, give or take, my wife said, hey, uh, lock the door, put the garage door down just to be safe. Uh, they just sent something out. And within 10 minutes, uh, another thing came back that they had uh, you know, captured the, the person who had, um, the perpetrator, I guess, the person who had fired the shot and they got that taken care of. So definitely want to praise our police department for moving swiftly, moving quickly, and uh, keeping us safe here this past Monday. Uh, I was at work during that time. I w- we finished taping. I had to go back to work, finishing up. Sure. I guess I left there about 5, 5.15. So uh, about right around the time, I think he was probably being arrested. I think it was around 5.15 when they apprehended him. I didn't even know about it. Got home, you know, made supper and doing all the, the kind of stuff. And it wasn't until the next morning until I got online and found out that what had happened. So, again, just a, a great job. I mean, this is something you do not want to see, but we'd be naive to think 
that living, you know, where we live, that that would not happen from time to time. As cities get larger, it doesn't really matter where you live. Uh, the more residents you have, the more opportunity you have for somebody to do something bad. Uh, and that's exactly what happened on Monday afternoon. But we want to say, you know, first of all, our prayers and thoughts go out to the family of the, of the person who, uh, who has deceased. Uh, and also praying for the family of, the, you know, who, uh, of this gentleman that made a bad decision and, and will be paying for it for a long, long time. But, but also, but thank you so much to the police department. And this is why we live where we live. Sure. And, and uh, you know, so we like to see how fast they reacted, how quickly it was done. A lot of us didn't even know about it, never even considered ourselves unsafe because it happened so quickly. Absolutely. So praise to the Hernando Police Department for sure since our last show. Uh, definitely thank you to them. But Derek, uh, part of the uh, police department obviously is going to be answering to the Board of Aldermen, answering to the mayor's office. And uh, that took place this past Tuesday. We uh, previewed it on Tuesday. Hopefully we were hoping for not a very long meeting, but uh, didn't have a long meeting, but did get a lot of stuff done during that meeting this past Tuesday. Let's do our alderman review from two days ago. Well, Matt, I'm going to uh, tee up this Alderman meeting. Tee up. I see what you did there. Don't okay. tee up this Alderman meeting by quickly announcing. Uh, they were. It was very short. Uh, literally, the mayor read it out, and they uh, voted on it. We do have a new planning director. We do. A uh, new planning director uh, was hired. Mr. Alston Cardosi uh, was hired at the uh, salary of $90,000 a year. Uh, again, he read it out. There was no discussion, straight to vote, and it, it passed unanimously. Um, so, again, we. I'm looking forward to Alston, I, I think, he was working for the county. I'm sure they had some kind of negotiation. Maybe he works through the rest of April with the county. I'm sure there's at least a two-week notice type thing going on. Uh, but, you know, looking forward to that. Uh, as you said on the last show, nothing but high praise for him, for his department, the way that the county handles things uh, in their planning department. So really looking forward to that coming over to Hernando and seeing what we can do. Uh, yeah. I know we've got a pretty severe backlog going right. on right now. Hopefully he's a UTW podcast listener. Austin, uh, just going to go ahead and say it. We'd love to sit down with you sometime pretty soon, maybe the next 60 days, um, and get a little bit more information about the planning department, get some more information about you know now and the future. Plans for you. Congratulations on the new job. Pretty good job, Derek, to uh, go home one night, and uh, the next, next you know, later on they call you, and you got a raise and yeah. got to go to another office. That's very nice. So uh, that's pretty, pretty interesting. So uh, congratulations to him, and look forward to working with him uh, here in the city of Fernando. Yeah, next item number 13. Now, this was the uh, raised grant application, and this is the one trying to get the pedestrian sidewalks and bike lanes and that sort of thing kind of add to it. Now, this is not something that we're having to, you know, actively really search for. This was $2.2 billion available, made available by the federal government. Remember that we paid, I think, eleven dollars or $12,000 to a firm that's going to help us to write it. Us being the city, help us to present it to the Democratic. Correct. The Democrats are in power right now, so the Democratic Party, uh, in order to try to get that done. So that was all done. Well, the engineer on the job uh, needed a resolution as a part of the grant. They needed a resolution from the city to allow the company to move forward and to verify the cost estimate for what the city is requesting and the match that the city would offer. Now, this will have a 20% match, but again, if they're going to give you tens of millions of dollars, or maybe hopefully that, we'll see. But, you know, you don't mind putting up 20% of that if you can have all this, you know, better lanes, better sidewalks throughout, you know, connecting Oak Grove and all the other things that we've talked about before. So the grant, uh, if it's awarded, we would have three years to obligate it and seven years to spend it. Right. So, I mean, it's going to take some time. But again, this was just a resolution that had to be done showing exactly what the city is requesting an exact amount kind of a breakdown of that and then to say that you basically put in writing that the city would match that offer so you know, Derek, i think my job here on the podcast is to interject sometimes mm -hmm. anywhere in that writing is there something in there for planting more trees <laughs> Man, I, uh, it, most people know what i'm joking about right now just close to our neighborhood Derek, there's been a uh, there's been a bit of a, a tree um we have a lot less trees on mackinville now if you if you ever wanted to see if your favorite lunchroom lady was at work at Hernando Middle School, you can see it from Mackinville now. Yeah. Oh no, you straight straight through the school, sure. straight through there. Yeah. Um, you can see the ball fields. You can see right. the middle school. Just tell uh, your grandparents now. Pull over on Mackinville, and they can watch you play <laughs> at the. Uh, they they can watch you play at the Hernando Middle School uh, football field. There's been some harvesting going on. I'm glad. That's that, it. Harvesting's a word. I'm glad that we went ahead and applied. For the uh, our Arbor Correct. Day yes. for the year, we already celebrated yes. that because right. when Earth Day comes, yep. wow, we're not getting, we will not win this year. When those people come to look around town, we want to keep them on the western side of the city. Yeah, because between Mackinville and what's going on at six two sixty nine right. and uh, and, the, right. and Mackinville also, yeah. there's a lot of trees being exactly. taken down. A lot of trees been taken down. I'm joking around, of course, but uh, that's my job is to interject little jokes here with the UTW podcast. But um, very uh, a lot of upset people over there at the um, you know our side of town. 
Mac yeah. and Vale. We got rid of the chain link fence, which looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other side, you have uh, every. They have one tree left. I'm guessing that tree is left. I'm guessing that tree is left because it's sitting next to the uh, fire hydrant, right? Here's the thing, you know, there there has to be tree mitigation. So when you plan, I mean, any businesses, they have to come in, and the planning department, you were required to put a certain number of trees in. Yeah, right. right. So they're going to have to come back. Ooh, there you go. And add. So we may be upgrading. Yeah, I mean, you said upgrading, but we, you know, we won't notice that upgrade for about thirty years when the trees are mature. <laughs> so we're going to be putting like the little saplings in, yeah. and thirty years from now, it may, anyway, it, it's a uh, when they build their new campus, the old campus will finally have mature trees. Man, we're joking around, of course. It is what it is. Uh, but um, most people, definitely most listeners to the podcast know what we're talking about. Uh, just get over to Mackinville sometime soon, and uh, you'll notice a bit of a... Uh, it's a different clo- look. Yeah, different look close to the middle school and high school. Just a different look on Dilworth Lane. Anyway, go ahead, Derek. Keep up with our, our review. Item number 20. We mentioned this on Tuesday. Uh, this was the septic camera. They're going to go through 11,000 feet of sewer pipe with this camera. Yikes. Uh, they'll give the city a good starting point from where to fix. Remember, there was basically water seeping into the system, backing up into people's toilets. And the aldermen agreed that this has to be done because at least two houses have had backup issues, have had to call their insurance companies because of sewage backing yeah. up into their house. And I, I, let me tell you, even if it's one house, that I, should I be pl- easy enough for this. And they did. Yes. They voted unanimously to approve that. Yes, Derek, this is not a waste of time. N- not a waste of time. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I guess you could have got a lot worse than oh, that. So hey, I'll take look, waste. I, it's a PG <laughs> show. A lot, of, a lot of people listen with their kids in the car. Next, item number 22. This is the uh, the asphalt. And right, I think asphalt. we want to talk about a little bit about this. So I got that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, American Services had the bid, the lowest bid of 511852 to do several asphalting projects around the city. The city had about $1.2 million kind of allocated to do some of these projects this year to start catching up on the streets. And they had put this bid in. Well, then they were saying the last time they came and said, please, please, please reject the bid. We can't get the asphalt for that amount. However, it turns out they were wrong. When the asphalt plant opened back up last week, they said, no, we can give you the asphalt for the same price. So they said, so they actually asked for the bid to be accepted. The bid was accepted. And so now all is good between the city and the contractor. And they could start on those paving projects, again, up to $511,000. And Matt, we had an alderman send us that list if you want to read some of those streets off real quick. East Valley Street, they'll be doing 1,365 feet there. Cedar Trace, 1,800 feet there. That's our neighborhood. Okay, yep. West Street, 250 feet. Hill Street, 2,000 feet. Uh, Lake Grove Streets. Monteith Avenue, almost 2,000 feet will be done there. Shelby Cove, 650 feet. Edgewood Boulevard. And then West Park Street is going to get 800 feet. So a lot of uh, improvements going on in the city from an asphalt standpoint over the next you know, 60, 90 days. So uh, congratulations to those people. Hopefully some things will get fixed there that you've been wanting to get fixed. And uh, you know, good job for them moving forward with the uh, asphalt. Great thing. And again, this is only about half of the budget they have for the overlays. That takes us to our next thing, item number 23, which is not good news for the cost of overlays. This is a separate project. This is the uh, Green Tea and Mackinville overlay. Uh, that they're looking to do. This is part of the AWG project where they had to come in and basically widen the shoulders on Green T and leading to 51, and then also to do an overlay of asphalt uh, for that. This is all part of the contract with AWG. 14 companies requested this. 14, wow. But they only received two bids. Hello. And this is why. The the original estimate for the project was between around 1.5 million, maybe 1.8 million. The low bid came in at 2.4 million. Okay. uh, Because obviously we all know the cost of everything is up. Asphalt went up 50% uh, since the numbers that they had estimated and that were quoted for another project at the end of the year. So in the last three months, asphalt is up 50%. And then because 80% of this uh, project cost comes from paving, that's why they missed it by about eight. Not well, anywhere from seven to nine hundred thousand dollars in their estimate. Now what? Uh, so the city will have to borrow more money in some form or fashion to fund it in this budget year. They already had taken out a loan for a small part of the improvements they had to make for the AWG project. Uh, there was a motion to accept the bid was tabled because now the city is going to tr- first of all find out can they add to their current loan? Can they, if they're not, can they take out a second loan? And also what other avenues they may have to try to get this done. Now, they have to have it done per the contract by September 30th. The so work done or the, the, the work done? The work done. They wow. have the work done by September 30th. And so the, what the, basically what the, uh, the guy there said, he said, look, all right, if, as long as we can have this done, started by around July, we'll be good. Yeah. So anyway, so they got a couple months to look at this. Uh, they tabled it. We don't know how long. I don't really know if they said two weeks or a month, but they did table it to try to find these answers out. It will have to be done. It's just a matter of how much more it's going to cost the city to get done. 
And so, uh, but they, you know, the guy was like, hey, look, I don't recommend you wait too long because, again, asphalt's been up 50% in the last three months. It's probably only going to go up, you know, further into the summer as people are staying busy and all of these new infrastructure projects nationwide are coming online. Very interesting. I actually like having government projects that have a timeline. Yeah. Let's go. I mean, we got a deadline. Let's make a decision. Let's move forward. And, and you can either do it or you can't. Or, uh, you know, let's let's move forward with this. The project itself would be very nice when it's done. And we're going to stay with the uh, asphalting uh, because item number 25. Now, last year they approved to pave Motor Scooter Road. This is in the uh, industrial complex in Nesbitt, just north of the little snow cone place. Sure. So they, you know, they'd already done Motor Scooter Drive to pave it. However, Old Highway 51 was also part of the bid, and the city at the time had not decided yet whether or not they wanted to pave Old 51. They have now decided, no, we've really got to get it done. It's, it's at, if you've tried to drive on Old 51, it's it terrible. I mean, you're going to mess up every axle you have in your car trying to drive down that. It is still a very busy road. People using it as a cut-through going from the Interstate 251, especially when there's the number of wrecks we've been having on the Interstate yeah, lately. It is used, and so they, they want to go ahead and repair that. The bid from October that included Motor Scooter Drive is still good for old 51 and so they you know the total cost of to do uh, old 51 is two hundred four thousand and seventy dollars the city has funds again remember we talked about up to 1.2 million that they had already set aside the mayor then said hey look we probably got another three or five hundred thousand dollars coming from the lottery money that's already hitting our account so there's probably going to be enough funds they went ahead and decided yes we need to go ahead and do this so they went ahead and approved to pave old 51 along with with motor scooter drive uh item number 26 this was the discussion uh to increase water tap fees outside the city limits now this is just outside the city limits City needs to find money to service the needs of the projects that are going on outside that are now using city water. Right now, the fees are $835 for an average size pipe. That's a three-quarter inch pipe. This would be on all houses outside the city limits that are put on Hernando City Water. Now, the city has been dealing uh, with one of those lines this week. So when all the rain and stuff came, one of the lines broke. And so they had to go out there and fix it. And again, that's outside the city in the county, yet we're having to spend our taxpayer monies to fix that. So they're like, well, we've got to start being recouped for some of this, especially you know, since they're not in the city limits. They're not paying city taxes of any other kind. There are currently 12 subdivisions outside the city that have been approved or are you know, coming or will be presented here in the next year. 12 you know, neighborhoods. And so the city is asking, you know, what they originally were asking for was a $600 increase per house only for neighborhoods outside of the city of Hernando. So if you live in the city, this is not an increase for you if you want to start a new house on a vacant lot. But uh, Bruce Robinson, he came up with a thing. So basically his motion was for to increase it from 835 not to do 600 but to make it an even 1500 So basically go up to $665 for a three-quarter inch pipe and up to $2,500 for a one-inch pipe. So total of $1,500 now will be the tap fee for a three-quarter inch and $2,500 for a one-inch pipe. That was approved unanimously. Next was the medical marijuana discussion. This is item number 27. Now, Matt, you know, this is something I thought was going to take a while. You know, a lot of discussion. I was worried about the, the meeting lasting too long. It really didn't. They had a good five or 10-minute discussion. As it stands, this is the mayor speaking, if the city does nothing, so basically says, you know, we're just going to roll on, uh, May 3rd is the deadline. May 3rd is going to come get here. Dispensaries can locate anywhere in the C1 through C4 zoning. It would still, though, have to be a 1,000 feet from the front door to the property line of schools, daycares, and churches. And it would also have to be 1,500 uh, feet from each other. So you couldn't have two dispensaries wow, yeah. within 1,500 feet. So when you he put the map up on the on the screen and this this was set aside by the state legislature state legislature okay. yeah, state legislature says it so can be in a commercial don't zone. saturate yeah so don't saturate towns uh, that type of stuff that's very interesting yeah. okay. so when you when the mayor put in the city limits he put everything up that was C one through C four wow. and also taking out the ones that were because we've got churches sure. everywhere, everywhere we've got schools everywhere yes and so it's not that many places plus if you put one here well then fifteen hundred feet every way you can't have another one. One. It pretty much has limited itself. Now, it might not be true for other cities. It's are these churches that are operating or churches that are like church zoning? It's church zoning. The okay. ones that are. That are, are so they, it could be a church churches. zone, but yeah, not. Yeah, there's one, one right across from my bank downtown. Right. That's a church. Sure. That's considered a church. Basically, that, that's it. There's also there's a $50,000 entry to be a dispensary, and you have to have eight to 11 hours of training in order to open a dispensary. So this, this is not an easy entry type of business. So that what they've done is now we know that Horn Lake at their meeting this week opted out. 
South Haven is still considering opting out. Again, May 3rd is the deadline. If May 3rd comes and goes and you don't do anything, you're in. Like You can't opt out after that. Let me ask you a quick question, Dick. Let's circle back. You're in business and banking stuff. I would venture to say dispensary people were probably going to target Horn Lake as a as a place that, that may be true that and may, very and yeah. good for good on them and for that's the saying, same thing the the, the the mayor of south haven is concerned right that uh, the same thing for state on road correct main street the older older part of town um now in hernando we have till may 3rd every city has till may right. 3rd if may 3rd comes and goes you do nothing then you're in and you cannot get out like you're in forever uh unless they come meaning back and you're allowed to do it meaning you're allowed to allow dispensaries if you opt out before May 3rd, then you can be out, like Horn Lake has done, right. and you can opt back in at any time. So you can almost catch your breath. That's right. Learn more about it. See how that goes. Okay. And so that's what it sounds like. See how it city, grows. Yeah. See how it grows. See how it grows. <laughs> um, it sounds like that's what the city of South Haven is going to do. Yeah. But again, they have not made the decision. They do have one more meeting before May 3rd. Right. Um, now, for Hernando, what they decided to do was they asked for an opinion from the city attorney at the next meeting as to whether the city should opt in or out. The mayor said that he would get with the city attorney, talk with the city attorney in South Haven. That seems to be leaning more toward opting out. There's going to be another attorney they talked to who seems to say, no, y'all are good. So they're going, to, they're going to get a lot of things. They're going to come back with a recommendation to the board, and it will be decided again because it's the last board meeting before May 3rd next time. Kind of like the out to get back in situation versus the in can't get out. That's right. That's, that's right. Okay. So, that's, you know, this but, sounds kind of a little well, bit I mean, kind of easy for me, just a thought right there to, well, to uh, opt out. And yeah. I think the only thing about opting out is if you have constituents, again, there were 74% of the people in Mississippi yeah. that wanted it, that sees that as, oh, you don't really want this. Right, You're correct. against medical yes. marijuana. Yes. And so there, there would have to be a lot of explaining if they decided to opt out. Or they may say, you know what? Really, they can maybe be a total of two, maybe three in all of the city of Hernando. We're okay with it. We've already have a CBD store here. Right. Uh, and that guy actually spoke during the meeting and did a, did a pretty good job explaining exactly the difference between the CBD and Correct. THC, but also a pretty good job about, about what would be expected of these dispensaries. Correct. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, and, and that will be something we really look at next meeting. Derek, can I, I don't mind saying this. Residents voted 74% to be okay with medical marijuana. I would put it at 96% that don't want it next to them. Oh, yeah. No, I would. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. okay, it's easy for you to go in there and pull that lever and say, I'm fine with medical marijuana. That's fine. And until it comes to your neighborhood and you're like, whoa, so that's exactly, here's where we are. Right. They voted for it, but now all the cities are having to deal with people that say, hey, no, 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 no. That's got to go somewhere else. And that's where we are. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, two more things on the agenda. The Green Tea water line. Uh, this was the water line that the uh, field house put in, and the 12-inch pipe, and then the city was going to take some of that back for their future projects or at least compensate the company to allow them to use it uh, with future projects. That was pretty a pretty short discussion. They did approve it unanimously to pay uh, the owner of the Fieldhouse $45,810 uh, for their cost uh, of that 12-inch pipe. And then finally, Matt, we may can put to rest discussion. Oh, there's, of, there's no may to it. I, I will I will drive the, the first nail park. myself. All right. So you said we, dog park, animal and, shelter. Item number 29, the last item before the couple of, what do they call it at the end, um, before the uh, utility adjustments and right. the adjournment, there has been a lot found in the Nesbitt Industrial Park. There's, there are no houses near the Nesbitt Industrial Park. It is close to other commercial buildings that are well lit. It is easier to build on than the other location that they had found on Whitfield Drive. It already has water and sewer. And the contractor who has already won the bid to build the building said that it will fit on the site easily. The price of the lot is a hundred was one hundred twenty thousand dollars, which was one hundred and fifty for the other one. Now the other one was tw- uh, three times as large. The other one was three acres. This is one point zero five acres for one hundred twenty thousand dollars. It still saves the city thirty thousand dollars on this purchase. Other lots in there have sold for about two dollars and sixty five cents per square foot. This is a little less than that. This is around two sixty a square foot. All that being said, there was a recommendation to purchase this lot to put the approved building of the animal shelter on it, and Matt. On a 6-0 vote, because Andrew Miller was not there, it passed unanimously. We now have a site and a building for the animal shelter. The planning commission will now approve it as a minor subdivision at their next meeting, and then it will be back to the Board of Aldermen on the April 19th meeting. Well, they'll do the exact same sure. thing that the, the planning commission signs off on it. And then they will draw up the contract. They will have it signed within 30 days, and they will start finally building an, a new animal shelter for the city of Hernando. What you didn't say, Derek, is the uh, once the mayor put the map of the city and the different things for the dispensary, the only place you can build a dispensary <laughs> is next to the, animal, next shelter. To the animal shelter. 
this net, but I kid, of course. It's about time. I'm excited about it. I know the animal shelter people are ready. Let's go. Let's build this beautiful animal shelter and put this behind us. This has really been one of the biggest topics in Hernando for the last five years. And uh, let's move. It's, it's time to go and, and, and ready to do it. Derek, did you see the other day, and, and there was a particular site. It starts with Hernando and the last... The next word is ends and ings. A lady mentioned something about, she said, what Hernando needs is a classy restaurant where you can watch dogs up for adoption in the middle while you eat dinner. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I don't know this lady. What, okay. Probably the worst idea I've ever heard. That's, um, are they going to be serving hot dogs? Ooh, good one. No, no, they definitely have to have the air conditioner going on there. That definitely have, they have to be cooled off, but um, she's definitely barking up the wrong tree. I'll say that again. Wow. Um, that's the worst idea ever. I can't even imagine. Um, can you imagine? I, I can't. No, I mean, can I, you I imagine a, a dog staring at you while you ate your classy meal and trying to get Well, they bring in home. Sarah McLaughlin to sing that's to it. you while yes. you ate your Sarah meal. Sarah McLaughlin music nonstop. <laughs> this poor in. dog is inside of the, the, the ring or the uh, glassed-in case watching you eat your classy meal, hoping that you take them home. So scraps. That's it. The way for scraps. I mean, no, no. What you do is this. You, you do like a bank teller at the table. Put, you can put your scraps into the thing and fit. God, what a mess. Matt, well, you know, they, they say I mean, the, she probably, prob, she may regret hitting in her on that, uh, that, that spot right Well, there. Matt, we've, we've heard that the uh, restaurant business is a dog-eat-dog world. Good one. Look, Animal Shelter, as far as I know, doesn't have a restaurant inside. I did not see that as, as part of the Animal Shelter. No, I don't think city. so. And Matt, and it, those of y'all that are wondering, you know, so from the other location, if you drove up 51 and took a dog leg left. Oh, nice. There you go. That's where the animal shelter is going to be right there in the Nesbitt Industrial, Industrial Park. Park. Look, it is a growing area. Uh, within the next two to five years, that every lot will be taken up. Every lot will be being used by a business. This is a very neat place. It works for the city. It works for the animal shelter. Let's get going. Uh, excited to put this to bed. Now, we will mention it on the 19th meeting just to say, hey, they passed this sure. uh, the, the subdivision part of it, and let's go. You will hear us talk about it again with the grand opening. A lot of good stuff coming out of the Alderman meeting this past Tuesday. Good job, uh, Mayor. Good job, Board of Aldermen, City Attorney, everyone that has to be involved in the uh, – First and third Tuesday for the city business. We appreciate you uh, doing with that. Whether we agree with it or don't agree with it, we appreciate you being a part of it and serving the city uh, for sure. Well, Derek, speaking of serving the city, serving the residents of the state of Mississippi, the legislature for the state of Mississippi is officially over, and you're going to give us a little bit of an update there uh, as we wrap up the legislature for 2022. And Matt, the legislative session ended late Tuesday night, and all legislators have gone home for a while and maybe even until you know January, unless the governor calls them back for a special session. As part of the final acts coming from the session was how much of the state's American Rescue Plan Act, the ARPA funds, were obligated this year. This appropriation is required, so you have to have it appropriated by 2024, and funds must be spent by 2026. A total of $1.5 billion were allocated from the Coronavirus State Fiscal Recovery Fund to date. So uh, just under 300 million remain. So that one point, so again, we had 1.8 given to us. 1.5 was set out, and this I'm going to briefly, very briefly. I mean, you, this is out on the internet if you want to find, find it. You can find it. Go look yeah. for it. So the Child Protection Services Matt will be getting 59 million in 2023. The employ, the uh, Department of Employment Security will be getting $60 million in 2023. What is the Department of Employment This Security is a nurse training at community college and health science infrastructure program. Mm -hmm. That's what that's going to consist of. The Emergency Management Agency will be getting $3.1 million. Uh, this is in 2023, and that's uh, to defray some COVID ex possible COVID expenses for next year. Uh, the uh, Department of Environmental Quality, the DEQ, will be getting $450 million of it this year, Hello. 2022. What was it again? Department of what? The Department of Environmental Quality. Now, you say that's a ginormous amount. Yes. Uh, it is, but this will be going to the water and sewer projects in cities and counties. So this is the this matching is, okay, funds okay, yeah. coming back to us that I think we've all been waiting right. to hear. $400 million of the 450 is that. The other $50 million is going to match assistance for the cities. So any city that received less than a million dollars themselves from the, from the federal government right. will be getting their portion of $50 million given by the state. Uh, the, the, finance, the Department of Finance and Administration, now this is a bunch of stuff falls under this. I'm of not going to read it all. Yes, yes. They're getting $337 million, but not until 2023. The State Department of Health is getting three hundred million this year, and then another thirty-nine million five hundred thousand in twenty twenty-three. The Institution of Higher Learning will be getting fifty-six million in twenty twenty-three. The Department of Mental Health 
will be getting 104 million in 2023. The military department will be getting 10.4 million in 2023. But Department of Public Safety will be getting 5 million this year, 27.5 million in 2023. Uh, the Supreme Court backlog for the state. So this is all the district attorneys, the uh, public defenders, the trial judges. They'll be getting three and a half million in 2023. And then finally, of the allocated money, UMMC School of Nursing, uh, this is uh, will be getting fifty-five million in twenty twenty-three. Total all that up equals one point eight billion that has been allocated. That rem- that means three hundred million still remains to be allocated. That will have to be allocated uh, by twenty twenty-four per the rules. Uh, those funds must be obligated in a manner that meets with the federal guidelines. Uh, some entities, again, that will receive it are the ones that we've already discussed. And so that's it. If you want to go find out each department under those, but that's how they allocated the $1.8 billion that they received in ARPA funds. $300 million still remains. And we'll, you know, hopefully we're discussing that sometime next year. Whew, that's a lot of stuff, Derek, for real. Just a lot of different things. It is what it is. Uh, we've talked about it. Uh, obviously, Derek and I are pretty fiscally conservative guys and we concern ourselves you know we when it comes to taxes and everything but it's really one of those programs from COVID-19 came these different things where you just grab your nose and it is what it is just a lot of information obviously that's come out what we're probably going to do over the next couple of weeks we may put together spend a little time uh, we gave y'all bills that were still alive bills that uh, had died all that kind of stuff if they've died they don't matter we've already talked about that but we may give some different interesting things do a little bit of research on some th- things that are definitely uh, focused here in DeSoto County that, that are going to affect us when it comes to the legislature so um, this will be the last time I say it this year uh, you do not have to worry about me running for state representative <laughs> anytime soon I'll continue to yell that from the uh, mountaintop I will not be running for that but uh, definitely we appreciate all those people that go and work for the city work for the county work for the state uh, to do government business for us all we definitely appreciate that and uh, if you need help with a project on the outside of your home or business you definitely want to reach out to our longtime sponsor Williams Services Williams Services is a veteran owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care landscaping mulching and so much more owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs whether it's leaf removal tree trimming stump grinding spring cleanups new fence construction old fence repair gate repair anything on the outside of your home or business give richard a call let him come take a look he'll give you a price if he can't do the project he'll help you find someone who can call him today at 662-292-8855 again that's 292-8855 or find more information about richard on facebook at williams lawn services that's williams lawn services on facebook thank you richard for continuing to be a part of the utw podcast since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Podcast continues to be sponsored by DeSoto Family Dental Care. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, and implant-supported dentures, and also Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference or give them a call locally at 429-5239. That's 429-5239. They are the official dentist of the UTW podcast. Please consider making them yours. Again, DeSoto Family Dental Care. Well, Derek, it's uh, our Friday show. Middle of our Friday show brings us to the DeSoto County shout-outs. And we're going to move pretty fast on these because we have, you know, kind of given you in-depth details about most of these already. As we said or made a joke a couple of, last couple of weeks, our first two are going to be food-related. Derek, tell us what's going on Saturday, 12 to 5, in Olive Branch. This Saturday, April 9th, 
The DeSoto Wings Competition and Festival will be held at the Olive Branch Soccer Fields right there at Church Road in 305. They're going to have two categories of competition, traditional and unique. If you're a cooker and you want to try to see if you do have the best wings in the area, it's $150 for one category or $200 to enter both categories. There will be cash prizes. There will be a People's Choice Award. Uh, again, so just a, a wonderful time for the cookers to come out to see if you have the best wings in the area. But for everyone else to come out and support uh, this unique event, they're going to have family fun, bounce houses, Easter games, food trucks, music. This And again, this all supports the DeSoto County. Dream Center, which can be found at DeSotoDreamCenter.org. This, all the proceeds will be going to that. Uh, so just a wonderful, wonderful thing to come out. And it looks like it's going to be an absolutely beautiful Saturday, maybe a little cool, but perfectly sunshine, a good, cool spring day to come out and support the DeSoto County Dream Center by going to the DeSoto Wings Festival Saturday, April 9th, 12 to 5 p.m., right there at the Olive Branch Soccer Fields. And when you're done with that, head on over to the Bridgetown Fire Department Spaghetti Dinner from 5 until 8. The Easter Bunny will be there for pictures. Adult tickets are $12. Children are $7. The dinner includes spaghetti, salad, bread, drink, and dessert. The Bridgetown Fire Department, very active volunteer fire department right here in our area. Supporters of the UTW podcast. They've definitely given us some information over the last couple of years when it comes to our Facebook page. Going to be located at 3980 Malone Road. Again, they are also going to have raffle drawings, a number of different things. And again, most importantly, the Easter Bunny will be there from 5 until 8. Dinner tickets can be purchased through any Bridgetown firefighter or look on their Facebook page event link or by contacting the station at 662-429-5225. That's 429-5225. If there is no answer, uh, they may be a little bit busy. They'll call you back for sure. Leave a voicemail. But again, Bridgetown Fire Department Spaghetti Dinner this coming Saturday night, 5 until 8. Please consider supporting the Bridgetown Fire Department. Leads us into our next shout-out. It's going to be next Thursday night, Easter weekend. Kick it off right. Kick it off right here in Hernando with the inaugural Hernando Fashion Show sponsored by Hernando Main Street Chamber of Commerce with a presenting sponsor of Community Bank. April 14th, right here at 1 Memphis Street. At 6 p.m., you'll have social and appetizers. Then at 7 o'clock, you're going to have a fashion show. It's going to be a really, really neat time. A lot of the different stores here in the area are going to be involved in this. Great job by Sibony and the team over at Hernando Main Street Chamber. Chamber of Commerce. Tickets must be purchased ahead of time. You can find more information about this at Hernando Main Street Chamber of Commerce Facebook page or their website, or you're going to see a lot of different things, a lot of posters all across town that have a simple QR code. You walk right up to it with your iPhone, with your Android camera, and you're going to be able to scan that QR code and go and purchase. Tickets are $25, and that's going to have all your social and appetizers included. Remaining proceeds benefit the Hernando Main Street Chamber of Commerce, who does such a wonderful job for us here for the city of Hernando fashion show April 14th right here at one Memphis street in Hernando two days later uh, on Saturday night April 16th at 7 30 p.m. there'll be a singer songwriter night held at the Lynch Ranch in Hernando Mississippi the Lynch Ranch can be found at 2910 Fog Road South that's 2910 Fog Road South in Hernando again this is brought to you by the Lynch Ranch and Mississippi Music uh, this will be a singer-songwriter night where Grace Askew, Stephen Michael, and Mallory Everett will be there uh, performing their, again, the songs that they wrote, perform their own songs, and just a wonderful one of the night, listen to them tell about how each song, was. they came up with each song, what it means to them, and then listen to them perform them live. Uh, just an absolutely uh, you know, great event. Uh, this all, all will be fundraising for the Mid-South Therapeutic Writing Center. The Mid-South Therapeutic Writing Center is an equine therapy program. That's held right here in Hernando. Just a wonderful thing. I mean, anything from uh, young children to adults uh, who have disabilities can go out there and just you know go through the equine therapy, which really, really shows amazing results uh, for the uh, the kids and the adults that are able to do it. So again, singer-songwriter night, Saturday, the Saturday night before Easter, April 16th, 7.30 p.m. at the Lynch Ranch, 2910 Fog Road South in Hernando. I want to encourage this. If you're not able to attend, if you're going out of town for Easter or not able to attend on that Saturday night, please consider maybe a donation. Whatever you were going to pay in a ticket, please consider maybe giving that donation to the Mid-South Therapeutic Riding Center. You can certainly use it as they work with people here in Hernando in different areas uh, for the equine therapy. So a wonderful uh, opportunity to raise money there. And again, if you're not going to be in town, 
please consider donating what it would cost you for a ticket for that night because it all goes to a wonderful cause. Well, Derek, speaking of wonderful causes, we're going to move us into our uh, returning advertiser that we talked about on Friday. And we're also going to talk about our next shout out, kind of a combination here. And what I mean by that is that the DeSoto County Earth Day celebration will be Saturday, April 23rd from 9 a.m. to 1 o'clock. It will be a partnership with the Hernando Farmer's Market. The Hernando Farmer's Market returns to the UTW podcast as an advertiser. Earth Day celebration, there will be over 50 exhibitors on the south side of the square. Direct Shred will be there for free document shredding. If you've been saving up a bunch of stuff to get rid of, hey, this is it. It's free. Bring it on that particular day. 4-H will have demonstrations and live animals. There'll be kids' crafts and activities. DeSoto County and Hernando Animal Shelters will be on site with animals for adoption. Waste Connections will also be there for recycling opportunities. The DeSoto Arts Council will also be partnering for an Earth Day weekend with the Arts Festival. A lot of stuff going on on the Hernando Square, but it's really driven by the Hernando Farmer's Market. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the rich simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It is truly a fresh, local experience. Hernando Farmer's Market will have over 40 vendors on opening day, which will be the following Saturday. So it'll be Saturday, April 30th for the official Farmer's Market start. will be Saturday, April 30th. But the Saturday, April 23rd from 9 a.m. to 1 o'clock, Earth Day Celebration will also include Big Acres Farm, Coffee Central, Moon Lake Pecans, and dozens more. Hernando Farmer's Market, so glad you're back working with the UTW Podcast. We really, really enjoy the Farmer's Market. It is one of the best Farmer's Markets in the Mid-South. It's been voted that. It's been proven to be one of the best in the South. Hernando Farmer's Market, welcome back to the UTW Podcast. Sunday, May 1st, North Point Christian School will have its next preview of the point for lower school grades, which are senior kindergarten through sixth grades. This event will be at 2 p.m. and will give prospective families an opportunity to tour the school and meet with administration to see if North Point is the right fit for your family. Grades are quickly filling up with upper school and preschool grades having wait list. So the school encourages you to register for this event quickly by calling Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Again, Sheila Sharon, 662-349-5127. North Point is excited that so many families are looking to Christian education. They have had an influx of new students over the last two years and continue to see excitement for 2022-2023. Don't delay. Call and register today. Derek, I'll continue to joke around about it. North Point chooses to advertise on the UTW podcast, and now there are some grades that have wait lists. Yeah, that wait list. Coincidence? I think not. I'm just going to simply say that. I'm just saying it's good advertising dollars. I'm simply going to simply say that for their money. Hey, if you're interested in advertising on the podcast, under the water tower info at gmail.com. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com. Uh, you may have noticed that we, we definitely have a spot for a studio sponsor. If you are interested, uh, we no longer have a studio sponsor, and we'd love that opportunity to work with you, visit with you about that. Uh, you get, um, you know, your name said quite a bit on our show. So, uh, just, just going to throw that out, continue to support for North Point, but I don't think it's a coincidence that they now have wait lists in their grades uh, since they started advertising. That's correct. The UTW podcast, not to brag. Another gentleman we're hoping to uh, help you know, grow their business, which it's hard to grow anymore, as hard as they've been working since 1981, Holland Insurance was founded and has been staffed with local industry experts who are eager to make a difference in every life they touch. Contact Jerry Holland and Bruce Robinson at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. If you have insurance questions when it comes to auto, health, life, property, or casualty. Give Bruce and Jerry a call. Tell them your needs. Tell them your budget. Let them see if they can pair you up with the dozens of wonderful insurance companies that they work with. Companies as large as Blue Cross Blue Shield, Kemper, Liberty Mutual, Nationwide, Humana. Give Bruce and Jerry a call. Then they'll take your information, take your budget, and put you with the best company. Give them a call again locally, 662-895-5528. That's 895-5528. If you possess a Mississippi insurance license and would like to make a change or potentially join one of the fastest growing insurance companies in the Mid-South, give Jerry and Bruce a call today. 662-895-5528. Are you in charge of your family's travel this uh, this summer? Reach out to Mobile Car and Van Rental 
Tell us your needs. Let us see if we can put you in one of our vehicles, 10-passenger, 12-passenger, 15-passenger vans. If you're a youth pastor or involved in your church travel, please consider using a local company. When you've paid a deposit with Mobile Car and Van Rental, you will have that vehicle that you've chosen. You won't show up and we hand you the keys to a Suburban for a family of 12. That's not going to happen. Give us a call, 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. We'd love to serve you this summer. We are filling up fast. Please consider contacting the only car rental place in Hernando, Mobile Car and Van Rental. Well, Derek, the end of our show is always about local young people doing wonderful things on the sports fields. Uh, Derek, fill us in on what's happened since our last show. Well, Matt, right now, checking the scores again. Tiger, oh, Tiger Woods, Woods, here we go. Bogeyed number eight. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Back to even, back to even. The first five in the leaderboard right now, Matt, are all international players. No okay. American players in the top okay. five currently. Uh, so, anyway, Tiger What's the Woods. the lead right now? Even. Tiger Woods, right, three under. Three yeah. unders for the lead. Three unders lead. Yeah, so Tiger's only three back, sitting at even on hole number nine. Uh, now, moving to North Point soccer. North Point faced off against District Foe FACS on Tuesday and easily put away the Crusaders 9 nil in a mercy rule 15 minutes into the second half. That's brutal. Eli Bailey had a hat trick. Brody Erber had two goals. And Cooper McCoy, Ethan Peripache, Charles Craig, and Aiden Hoy all had a goal. Goalie Sammy Roycevich kept the clean sheet. The regular season record is now 4-1, 2-0 in district, and their next matchup is Thursday night in a tough district matchup at Lausanne. Game time is 6.30 p.m. Does Lausanne play on their football field or do they have a field next to No, they play on the football field. Football field. It's turf, Turf, which is not good for the Trojans. I'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're going to win. You're going to win. Next, North Point softball. The Lady Trojans had a district game against St. George's on Tuesday and got their second district one of the year with a 20-1 victory over the Lady Griffins in three innings. Now, St. Matt, George's is not a good team. No, I'm just We, we know that, that North Point is, is young and getting mercy ruled, and now they, I mean, this is, that was a beatdown. Oh, that was a mercy. Uh, Faith Ryan was the winning pitcher and also had two RBIs at the plate. Megan, Megan McElhaney and Reagan Adams each had four RBIs, and Sailor Cole had two RBIs. The record is now 3-3 three and three and 2-0 and oh in district. North Point Baseball. North Point faced off against FACS also in baseball and their two-game district series on Monday and Tuesday of this week. On Monday night at North Point, it was a pitcher's duel with both pitchers going at least six innings. FACS took a 2-1 to lead into the top of the seventh where they added an insurance run and held on to a 3-1 victory. J.B. Williams took the loss for North Point but had eight strikeouts in the decision. Rob Hayes had the lone RBI for the Trojans on a solo shot home run. The Trojans got their revenge on Tuesday in Millington. They had to go to Millington because of a wet field. Correct. Winning 13-0 in five innings. James Smith goes all five for the win. Connor McNatt had two hits and four RBIs. Rob Hayes again contributed. He had two hits with four RBIs. And Jay Ferguson and Josh Fisher each had two RBIs. The Trojans are now 10-4, 3-1 in district, and play again Thursday night at home. Moving on down to Lewisburg. Lewisburg softball, the Lady Patriots squared off against the Lady Eagles of Horn Lake this week and won easily 15-0 in a three-inning mercy rule. Reed gets the win for the Lady Patriots. Stokes and Walker both had two hits for Lewisburg, and Walker led the team with three RBIs. This win improves their record to 14-4-1, and the next host is Soda Central in a district game Thursday night. Now on to the baseball team. Lewisburg baseball traveled a short distance to Center Hill to face off against the Mustangs in game one of their three-game district series this week. Lewisburg got two runs at the top of the second, and then the pitchers went to work after that, holding both teams off the scoreboard until the bottom of the fifth when Center Hill tied it up at two apiece. In the top of the eighth, Lewisburg gets two runs, and Gunnar Gilmore comes in the bottom of the eighth to get the save and a 4-2 victory for the Patriots. The winning pitcher was Gage Haley, who went seven innings, giving up only three hits and striking out 11. The Patriots had 14 hits on the night, but the two hits by Trey Cagle and Jacob Hill in the eighth were the difference. Lewisburg is now 18-1, 4-0 in district. The next two games will be Friday and Saturday against Center Hill, but the Patriots will travel to Munford before that for a non-conference game. Now, finally, moving to uh, Hernando, uh, Hernando softball. The Lady Tigers took down South Panola in a district matchup this week to stay a perfect 6-0 in district and improve their overall record to 18-6. They will take the field again Thursday night 
And finally, a Hernando baseball team. Hernando's district opponent this week is the Horn Lake Eagles, and the Tigers made easy work of the Eagles in game one. The Tigers got one in the first and then seven in the fourth inning on their way to an 11-1 win. Carter Newton went four innings for the win, allowing two hits and the one run, striking out seven. Hernando had 11 hits in the game, with Preston Johnson, Luke Roman, and Topher Jones each having two hits. This win pushes the Tigers' record to 14-6 and and a perfect 7-0 and in district, and they will finish out the series Friday and Saturday that we'll be happy to cover for you on our Tuesday show. I went and watched them play on Monday night. I guess I left right as they were starting to, get to, to tune up a little bit. Uh, it was kind of maybe 3-1 to one or so whenever I decided to leave. Wilson and I left so we could go watch the uh, NCAA championship game. But, uh, you know, very interesting. that, that I mean, they, they got after it after, after that, you yep. know, and went ahead and run-ruled them or whatever. Just, look, young people, congratulations on, on being able to play. Enjoy your spring. Enjoy every second of it, especially the seniors. If any of you seniors are listening to this show, uh, we appreciate you listening. But, man, enjoy every second of the, re- of the next six weeks of school and um you know congratulations on the season for sure Derek, I do want to give one, one shout-out. Uh, Coach Witten for the Hernando Softball did invite me to set up speaker system and do the announcing for the uh, senior day this coming Saturday night. So congratulations to all those seniors. Uh, all of them have been on our show. I actually know uh, personally uh, Julie and Jana Shaw, uh, Riley Eister, just, you know, my, my daughter's graduating with them, friends of hers uh, as well. Just wonderful things going on with young people all around here under the water tower. So uh, congratulations to those ladies. Look forward to uh, being part of your senior night this coming Saturday. If you enjoy our show, please share it with friends and family. Share it all across Hernando. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Hernando Happenings. We really appreciate you helping us uh, grow here with the UTW Podcast. Also, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, Instagram at UTW Podcast, on Twitter at UTW Pod. If you enjoy our show, give us a five-star review wherever you listen to our show. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Give us a five-star review. Helps us move up when it comes to local podcasts. If you like the UTW Podcast, Look for OB Pod. Simply stands for Olive Branch. They cover the eastern side of DeSoto County. Also cover Center Hill Athletics, Lewisburg Athletics, and Olive Branch. OB Pod. Look them up today. Well, Derek, the uh, Sunday before Easter Sunday, this coming Sunday, no better time than to visit your local church. If you pass by a church every day when you go to work or if your friends or family have invited you to go to church, one of their services that they attend, please consider making this Sunday that time you take them up on that opportunity. Also, look on your Facebook or websites for any church here in DeSoto County, especially here in Hernando. You joked earlier, Derek, the number of churches that we have. Uh, you're going to be able to find service times. Please consider going to church this Sunday. You definitely will not regret it. Well, Derek, have a wonderful time in Nashville. Have a wonderful time with your family. And if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. <laughs>